0: Welcome back to Specialty Coffee Talk, where we talk high-quality coffee in a low-quality way so you can love it as much as we do. I'm your host, Philip, and today we're bringing you part two of the interview with Steve Cuevas. Enjoy. Steve, you are the 2017 U.S. <laughs> Taster's Cup champion. Do you get tired of hearing that? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, uh, I'm talking to you, so it's exciting for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) uh,
1: (laughs) No, it's, uh, you know, it's it's interesting because I feel like um, it's something we all can do. And I think, to me, it's always interesting because uh, some people are like, you have this gift that you were born with or this or that and I'm just kinda like, not really I, I train my palate I train my palate in coffee. So my palate in coffee is trained. When I go with uh, my boss to wine tasting and people are like giving all these notes and I'm like I yeah, I agree. I had no idea that's exactly what I was tasting. So once they say something, like I'll be like, that's what that is. My my boss Keith uh Keith Fagan uh one of the owners of the company we went to a double blind tasting for wine he literally was like oh this is from like the the north region of like this area in France and they're like that's exactly where it was and i'm like how and and they they go why do you why did you say that he's like because the color in the wine wasn't fully saturated denoting it was a cooler climate and so the... the f- Holy moly. Yeah, the flavor what of is the, going on? And the mineralities <laughs> and all that stuff. And I'm just sitting there like, hold on, uh, that sounds so crazy. <laughs> but when we do blind cupping on our table and people are like, what? You can guess a... You know, if I told you, if I put five coffees down and one of them was an Ethiopia uh, natural, you, you'd pick you pick it out. And so we we do that enough that we can figure it out. But to me, the wine industry... And that double blind tasting of wine blew me away because I was just like other people do this, and so it's not just with coffee or wine, but the main idea is that you train in that field, and to other people that don't, you're amazing. But to me, I'm just kind of like it's a novelty. It's kind of like to me, it's a, a, a like a it's like a magic trick or a card trick, you know. Uh, it's it's not it's not it's nothing we all can't do i think um the best story i had when i was in uh budapest for the world competition ben morrow was there and ben morrow told me that he entered his mom in one of the cup tasting competition and he was like you know why i did that he's like, because anyone could enter a cup tasting competition and i think she got like three out of six so that's like 50 percent right there she's never done it and so like to have no experience in it and he was just trying to be like, just show that it, it you know, anyone could do it. And so I thought that was an interesting point. And I, I totally agree. I, I just think that a lot of people don't do cuppings. And that's kind of where the training really comes from. The comparison between the coffees is really where you're able to kind of learn the different uh, different things in each region. Exactly. So the, the main idea would be if you are trying to figure out what acidity is, like, what's the most acidic coffee, you, you'd put some, like, all right, you're going to taste a Mexico, you're going to taste one from Ethiopia, and then a Kenya. And so your zero reference point for acid is going to come from the Kenya. And so now from any time you ever taste coffee, your highest score for acid is going to be re- resembling the Kenyan acid. And so for... For nuance or depth of cup, then you're going to get something like a Wash Ethiopia. So your comparisons are more important because when you compare, you're able to taste the difference. Because if you taste tasted all uh, Mexican coffee, you'd be like, wow, this coffee at the end is the most acidic. But it's not the most acidic across the board as far as all the countries. And so you have to build your, your 0 to 100 scale. With every single coffee that's on the planet, and so that's kind of how you figure out where everybody lies, where where why certain coffees score certain ways, and you can't do that without comparing.
2: Hey, how did um just real quick here, a little side note, how did how did how did the uh, Flight of fancy go for you?
1: Oh man, uh, number <laughs> <laughs> did I I literally was the night before, I was ah. Where should I actually put this machine in my house? Should I put it over there? It's gonna look pretty good over here. (laughs) I thought I nailed it. I literally thought I nailed it. Um, There was, I think, cup two and four. Uh, The no, no, I got that one. There was a, there was two of them that I was just blown away. Um, I can't. I think one was a Columbia that I we, for some reason, it, I think we thought it was a honey process, and then I think cup number three was the other difficult one, but um, I can't, I can't remember what coffee that was in particular, I just kind of remember thinking, oh, we nailed this, this is, that's, that's it, hands down. I literally clocked out of work I sat down in front of the computer, started emailing myself with the atomic clock so I can see as soon as the minute turned over when I sent my email to make sure that my timestamp was exactly that time that, you know, I forget what time we were supposed to send it in in the morning, but I literally was doing test emails to myself to make sure that I had that minute down, so I'd be the first one in their L- their mailbox with the appropriate time. I didn't want to come in too early, but then then I find out I'm like only one person got it. I'm like oh, I was blown away though. It, it kind of threw me off. We uh we even did this thing where we use RO water and our regular water. Our regular water is probably like at 150 PPMs, and our RO water is like closer to zero. But the RO water lets so much characteristic shine, and I really thought like, uh, it it was night and day that I can kind of like th- this is what it was. But no, nope, uh, not at all.
2: <laughs> but it was ex- it
1: was exciting thinking I was gonna win that one.
2: <laughs> you had a what was it was like a linea mini coming to you or yeah exactly
1: <laughs> oh that would have been amazing, have at home been amazing. right there <laughs> oh man and and for the uh what was it like 50 dollars? i forget what the the buy-in was you know like it's a four thousand dollar machine for 50 dollars. you're like or a chance and it, it's better than the lottery that's all i knew <laughs> so either way so yeah
0: so now that you're uh, now that you're the champ, sorry I have to keep saying it. Oh no! Just so excited about it. How do you <laughs> do? You, is there like a lot of pressure uh, when you're like with people tasting coffee? Is there like a lot of expectation from you to just be able to nail everything, or are you still able to like have a
1: lot of fun and enjoy it? The 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 original victory was kind of very nonchalant. It was very like I didn't expect any 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 type of win, so I kind of approached it from this. Um, oh, I got a free trip to Atlanta, and then you know it, it was pretty cool. Whatever, I, I I'm paying for a competition. If I win or lose, doesn't matter. I'm kind of in a new spot. I ended up seeing. I went to Tennessee, and then we went to uh, another spot in Atlanta, and then from you know I get to do all this traveling. For a chance to win, not to win, but a chance to win, and so that's kind of the cool thing about the, the good faith effort up uh, upon my, uh, the place I work, Black Oak Coffee Roasters, sponsoring these trips, on the chance we might win, but, I just approach it as there's no real pressure on me to win because, it you know. I, I don't know, I just view it that way. It doesn't matter if you win or lose, you know, you're you, you just out there to compete. And that's kind of the idea behind it. So I kind of felt no pressure. And, um, but I think that there was like a funny story that I told that I, I went to a, a cupping competition um, at this coffee shop. And so they knew I was I was the 2017 champ. So they're like, all right, we got Steve here and he's going to. And so we all did our cupping. And when it was my turn to do the cupping, I just went sip, 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 sip. And I'm on time. Like I literally did it in 30 seconds. The whole crowd went, oh, my God. Like the whole crowd went nuts. They were just like this guy. He won it. You guys have no chance. (laughs) And so, as we reveal the cups, I was wrong on all three of them. Like, so, to me You're it was like, just kind of like... Uh, I
2: burned my, yeah, my yeah. tongue on the first sip. I yeah. Even...
1: Not, it was just kind of more of like, dude, this is going to be hilarious because I know, like, everyone's going to be like, okay, he's going to kill everybody on this. It's too but, bad you
2: didn't go first because it would have just yeah. scared the crap out of everybody after you. Like, dude, this guy yeah. nailed
1: it so easy. But but all three were wrong, so I think that. And as 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 the first one's wrong, everyone's like what? And then two and three were wrong, and so everyone's just kind of giggling and stuff. I was just sitting there <laughs> laughing. So but but it it did seem like there's a there is a preconceived notion of like this guy has a crazy palate, and I I think to me I just kind of think of it as like I just lucked out. Uh, I got m- maybe maybe i'll you know if i did you know obviously i was goofing around a little bit for that one but it, it was just kind of like people do assume that that's what i'm you know i'm at that crazy level where it's like you know i'm i think the cool thing is uh champions get to defend and so i'm actually back for in in april i'm going to be in seattle competing uh, for the cup tasers, I'm already in the finals. We we get to forego all the the qualifiers, and so I'm in the finals. So I know for a fact that people are going to be looking at me, just because based on the time and the other stuff. And but to me, I just kind of I'm gonna I do my best to ignore it. Of you know, because if you let the pressure get to you, that's gonna that's gonna get to you. And you it, and also it's not fun. But these things aren't. You know, we're not saving lives, we're just competing for coffee, so uh the looser you are, the more carefree you are, the better I'll be.
2: Um how so how subjective you know like there's every every coffee company has their own notes they throw in the bags. <laughs> um in my personal opinion, they go kinda a little overboard and nuts. Um but you have a much Uh, more valid opinion here, having such a developed champion palate there. So what is it more about (laughs) developing your palate, uh, the water they're using, or is it just like, you know, different taste buds, you're going to taste some different things, or is it more like you develop your palate and you have more sensitivity to what's actually in the coffee? So when you're claiming that it tastes like, uh, blueberry pie and an English muffin and vanilla ice cream <laughs> all at the same yeah. time um, is that just about developing your palate or is that more you know I mean a little bit of salesmanship and that stuff worked in too or I uh,
1: so blueberry pie or muffin those are great um, those are great descriptors to talk about because a lot of times if you say blueberry you have a blueberry and we all know what blueberry tastes like blueberry pie now what what they're trying to infer is there's blueberry there's probably sugar there's probably so then the crust is gonna be a little bit of this flavor and so it's a a, it's they're trying to help you create this narrative in your mind Uh, for example if I was to say uh brown sugar. Brown sugar has some weight on your mouth, on your tongue. It, it's a little bit heavier than white sugar. So if I was to say this tastes like sugar, you wouldn't really get a great idea of what exactly this tasted like or what the weight of it was. But if I said brown sugar, you're like, oh, so this is a little bit heavier in body. If I said this has the sweetness of molasses, you're like, oh, so this is even heavier than that. And so, a lot of times, you give out different sugars to create a a level of how it might feel on your tongue. Um, and so, that's kind of discussing weight with sugar. Blueberry pie is gonna they're gonna be trying to tell you there's like graham cracker in it. And so, graham cracker is kind of sometimes a tasty note. So uh, a little bit of that sweet, little bit grain, maybe um, and blueberry pie just kind of embodies it all at once i think blueberry pie would be lost on consumers because you they're probably talking about some sort of artisan blueberry pie that doesn't that doesn't come from like you know a costco blueberry pie is not going to be the same and right. so like that's going to be like heavy sugar that's going to be super sweet um the <laughs> Maybe crust the a hostess,
2: yeah. a hostess blueberry pie, uh, for fifty nine yeah. cents in the package there, <laughs>
1: and 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 so people's descriptors of what you know like that that one in particular that's such a, uh, it could go wrong on like you know it, you could say this but it like everybody's idea of what blueberry pie they like you know are gonna be super different, and so, um, another great point you brought up was water, Th- this is a huge, it's a huge black hole to get into water but um if you're a roaster it's super important because when we taste our water or our coffee we're we're roasting our coffee to the water we use and so once we're like we we nailed it this roast is perfect if we ship this out to a somebody else that's using water that's too hard or too soft totally they, different they, yeah. yeah they email us and you know we we had somebody email us and be like oh, this coffee tastes like hot dog water i was <laughs> like I, well that's that's a really bad description of it we ended up we said send us a coffee back and we'll send you out a new one so he sends it back we cup it at in our our in-house and it, it totally fine tasted well um we ship him out another one he's still no this is not this is not good and so then we kind of asked him so oh what kind of water are you using he's like oh i'm just using the water out of the tap oh, oh boy maybe. it creates yeah it can't create, <laughs> uh, new york yeah. city
2: or something and
1: uh, just using the tap
2: water oh. yeah i oh, forget
1: man. forget where it was but in particular this is a light roasted <laughs> coffee and so if you have a coffee that has uh, if this is too hard or different type of minerality makeup, you might end up not extracting the coffee at all. And so I think that was kind of the issue because shortly shortly as we're corresponding with this person, we literally won um, we were winning the Golden Bean awards. so we got several awards for that coffee and then it won a bunch of other awards on top of all that. So as we're talking to him, we're like, well, this coffee you don't like because you think we didn't do something right. Just won a handful of awards, so I'm not really sure. So I'm assuming it's something on that end. But you can't say that. You you just we sent him a different coffee, a more uh, developed, a little bit medium dark roast that he ended up enjoying. So sometimes people see coffee, want those coffees, want those tasty notes, and they're not. It's not really what they're looking for. They just kind of get carried away with like blueberries raspberry oh i want that so
2: yeah we we actually we did a we did a whole episode a little while back all about water we we compared like nine different waters and did a couple barista hustle recipes and then tried some crazy ph water and it was like it's so vastly different every single water Made the we did the same recipe every time, and it just it made such a huge difference. So we're oh yeah we're big uh, proponents of the water. We we actually use third wave water quite a bit. Um,
1: oh nice nice that's a good one.
2: Yeah, we really like it. But
1: we um we uh went to Reno this uh, past month uh, for competition. Uh, myself and the other owner of Black Oak Coffee Roaster, John Freck, um, we entered in the brewing competition and so i've never done it so i was very ill-prepared john's never done it but he's about preparation and so um, with tom as our our chemist he ended up designing multiple waters different waters and so john ended up actually finishing i think eleventh. and so he's moving on to the finals but the water was the huge huge thing for us in that competition and so um, you you can't get away from it. You know you can use their water, but we ended up doing something like a more super soft water, and and um, it you that's you know if that's another form of controlling the flavor of the coffee. So like you you can change your flavor profile by your water profile, and and that's another you know I didn't even get into that as far as the how to dial in espresso. Because if you're really an advocate of changing things, then you can change up your water and your espresso machine. And that's a no one really does that. But if you wanted crazy uber control, that's like another. I'm sure in the future we'll be able to see um, inline um, mineral uh capabilities of like all right i got this different espresso let me just switch these buttons here and we'll actually have a different uh makeup of the water and you know that'd be crazy but yeah a lot of people are like oh that i that idea is ridiculous and now a lot of people are changing their waters doing designer water and so it's a big thing hey i mean water has a very large impact on the way your coffee's gonna taste oh yeah Yeah.
0: So, um, how do you kind of like? Because you've you know you've done this U.S. Cup tasting. How someone that wants to start,
1: that wants to like try it out, that wants to get into it, where do you start? I've gotten this question um, by a bunch of people on my Instagram. Like, uh, they 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 send me like the direct message, and they're just kind of like, "Hey, I want to compete, but I'm not sure." And I just say, "Do it." Um, As far as how do you how will you fare uh i would say do cupping cupping for me both of the competitions right before i literally was cupping about 40 to about 40 to 80 samples a day 3 to 4 days a week and that was because we were purchasing new coffee so we were having a lot of rotations on our lineup and so we literally had to do it for work um, and because I didn't think I was gonna compete, because I gave my uh, ticket, my slot to one uh, to Keith, uh, I literally was like, "eh, I don't need to practice." So who, who, you know, I'll just go on with my day. Um, and I didn't practice. I just had to cup all day long because we we were just buying new coffees. And so I think that maybe gave me an advantage since I was. Those, the, the days before all that, I was really hypersensitive to tasting as far as be very uh, conscious of what I'm tasting. And I would just say, don't focus on doing triangulations. Focus on being able to tell difference and nuances in different cups. So I would just say, keep doing cuppings. Because if you're able to tell the difference between a multiple set of coffees, You'll be able to do a triangulation. Triangulations are way easier. You know, you, you taste three coffees. You you end up doing something like, oh, that one's sweet. This one's bitter. And that third one, it's going to be A or B. So, you know, it always lands that way. Or you end up tasting sweet, sweet. And then the third one is going to be the opposite. So then you know it's one and two. So it's very simplistic. It's uh, non-complicated and so you literally pick the one feature that stands out to you the most don't try to think about like oh what what's that flavor I literally go dry dry okay different or you go bitter acidic and whatever that third one is it lines up with the and so don't overthink it just learn to pick out differences and cuppings was really where what I was doing But not, you know, I've seen people really anguishing over the coffee on some of the cupping competitions. But to me, I was just kind of taste, 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 pick. And so that was just kind of my mentality. And most of the time it was all night and day, except for the championship. Everything kind of came out really overextracted and dry. So my tongue kept drying out, and I couldn't. I was like, "Oh my goodness!" Uh, I know uh, one of the other competitors, uh, Samuel from Kefa Coffee, was kind of like, "He's all like the the extraction was so bad. We couldn't figure out whether it was on purpose or like if they were if just trying on,
2: to mess with you, make it harder." Or yeah.
1: Something, yeah. <laughs> well, they they did that. I mean, if if the goal was to over extract to make it difficult, it was it was difficult because normally. If something's juicy or sweet or not, if it's not drying, you're able to pick up a lot more from each different cup. But if it's drying your tongue out every single time each cup, you're like, oh, I'm having a nightmare of a time. And so, but just cup, do cuppings. Uh, I'm pretty sure most of your coffee shops don't mind. If you're like, a. if you work at one, then you can do cuppings. Uh, if you don't, I'm sure a lot of coffee shops are wouldn't mind showing you a cupping or doing cupping with you. But hundred percent, I just say cup, the more you can, the better.
2: What's a, uh, so you're, you're my, uh, my special, uh, barista, future barista champion, uh, current U S cup tasting champion sensei. And you're training me specifically, like, Cupping. Is there anything other than cupping that I'd focus on?
1: Um, you know, I think one of the most interesting one is customer service. Uh, I think everyone, and, and I address this issue a lot of times that we we focus so much on the quality of what we what we're doing as far as the preparation of coffee, the flavor of coffee, that some. A lot of us get to a point where we're so in love with our coffee that we actually get irritated when people add sugar or milk to their coffee and so when you' starting off on your education educational path, you end up being resentful to the customer because you're they're not appreciating it the way I would appreciate it like you're ruining your coffee and then people start becoming like you know that snobby barista the 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 guy who's a jerk who's like well actually that isn't a cappuccino and i think to me you know yeah and so you know that i think customer service is something i i I would want to touch on because one of one of the best shops i've ever been to is going to be uh chris baca and jared truby up at cat and cloud in uh santa cruz oh yeah you know uh (laughs) I I went there. I went there for the purpose of let me check out their quality. You know, their big names. They should be a. They they should be doing big drinks. You know, like they, they big. You know, they're they're they should be doing this. And so I go there and I get. I think they they made me a a I forget I forget what it's called, but I think it's like a a coffee by the cup so they basically fill a porter filter untamped uh, with the lower pump pressure in the espresso machine and then fill it up to like about eight ounces so they basically make a cup of coffee with the, an espresso machine they have on the back and so everyone's kind of like whoa that's weird I'm all, eh, it's kind of like an Aeropress but you're using a whole machine. So a lot of people make AeroPresses. And so if you can wrap your brain around an AeroPress and using a whole machine to do it, you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. So I'm sitting there with my uh, coffee by the cup, and then I have an espresso, and then I have uh, some other stuff. I think I ordered two coffees or something like that. I think that's a giveaway that I'm in the industry. Um, But I'm sitting there evaluating their quality. And I believe Jared, I think... Chris Baca was there, actually. And every single person that walked in, Chris was just like, hey, what's up? What's up, you? How's the kids? How's this? How's that? Oh, hey, what? Like, And just everybody left extremely happy. And to me, I left with the impression of like, you know what? We overvalue the quality of our coffee. Like, if we don't give you a 90-point coffee, you must have had a bad experience. But... This gave me the idea of I can give you an 85-point coffee and then make you feel like you just got a 93-point coffee by how your behavior was at the cafe. And so to me, there's so much more importance in customer service than the quality of coffee. It's, It's that whole bell curve where I'm like, I'm starting to not want to chase the 90 plus coffee and trying to make that customer feel like they're the 90 plus coffee you know
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no absolutely so I think,
1: yeah yeah we've had bad experiences we know exactly
0: what you're talking about <laughs> totally. I mean, yeah
1: too close to LA you know what I mean <laughs> yeah oh, well I, I think one of the interesting things is like uh one of the exercises for baristas or for cashiers like I, I i came up with was okay we're gonna go into a coffee shop we're all gonna play different personalities all right you you're gonna order the 20 ounce cappuccino you you're gonna order some sort of milkshake right uh and, and you go to places that don't have any of these things uh you you're gonna get the caramel macchiato and oh, you yeah. you're gonna get you're <laughs> gonna get an espresso and you're going to get, you know, like, you'll have the classic I love coffee and I know coffee person. You'll have the, like, oh, I'll get the caramel macchiato, the I don't really know. Like, and so see what kind of services you get at different uh, establishments. And then we discuss, and how did that make you feel? And so once you know how it feels on the other end, you know not to do it. And so I feel like that's very important to, to have really bad experience as customer service person to understand wow i make people feel like that when i actually correct them about their the coffee the ritual that they want to do you know i always tell people it's your coffee you know exactly the way you want it don't don't you know so yeah at the end of of the day
2: you're not the one drinking it they're drinking it let them let them be happy they're paying money to drink (laughs) it let them be happy i know I'm like, no, (laughs) (laughs) no, you only can enjoy this the way I say it's right. That's, uh, yeah, it's just so ridiculous. No, that's a, that's a great exercise.
1: Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's being in San Francisco or like living in San Francisco was interesting to see that there's cafes that are like, don't have their sugars out. You have to ask for the sugars and you know, like you don't, I'm pretty sure they don't I'm sure certain people get desensitized to that, so they're like, Oh, ah, I'm alright with it, but then, like, if you have, like, you know, you feel like you're doing something bad, you have, like, like, oh, we can't be trusted with sugar. Or, know? like, or, you're,
2: you're kind of ashamed of it, but then, yeah. so you're like, oh, or you don't even want to go through the trouble, but you're not going to go back to that shop, because you're like, oh, that's the, you know, it didn't taste good, I didn't have, because all you're going to yeah. remember is, I didn't, I mean, I have a couple of those when I went to San Francisco. There's some shops in my head that, Stand out as like their coffee was so amazing, and it probably was just because they treated me really well and their coffee was yeah. okay. And there's a couple spots that I'm like, I'm never going back there, those guys were jerks, man. <laughs>
0: yeah, let's uh, we're gonna shout, we'll shout out Joe from Bad Coffee right now because yesterday, this is in Orange County, we went to yeah. Bad Coffee, yeah, such oh, a nice yeah, yeah. guy, oh. such a nice guy, and we got to, we talked about coffee, and it was awesome. Nice, dude. He just that was great.
2: He just hung out and chatted to us about you know processes and beans and bro like like what kind of coffee do you like? This is what we like. And just you know, ten minutes. He's making our drinks. He's pouring some iced coffee, refilling the coffee for us and stuff. Just hanging out, talking, and taking his yeah. time instead of like rushing or being awkward about it. Or, I yeah. it, was, it was a blast, man. So that like after that, it was like, dude, I want to come back here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and and, and that's kind of where I got like Chris Baca and Jared Truby. Like that's that's how Cat and Cloud was to me. It, it changed In one day of just checking them out. It changed my perspective of like, guys, we got to make the customers feel like they do over there at Cat and Cloud because that was super important uh, to me. My top experience of cafe was uh, when Slate Coffee had one location, Slate Coffee up in Seattle. Uh, they were they were amazing. I think it was the one of the owners uh I'm not a hundred percent sure I think they have two owners, but one of the owners I forget her name at the moment right now. she made uh our espresso. she split the shots one one shot was for us, the other was for her to taste. They served them in like little brandy glasses. The, she brought them all over to us. She as she handed them, she like explained the flavor notes what we're about oh, to taste. Cool. Kind of like it was like a barista competition. Oh, You're about man. to taste candy orange and this flavor, and I was just kind of like, all right. She they they made us feel super welcome, and the shop is tiny. So as other people are coming in, she's all like, "Have a seat. I'll ring you up and I'll talk to you right now." And so it was such a immaculate experience that to me, slate. Coffee always just stands out in my mind for such uh, such an amazing experience. But then, Cat and Cloud also, as far as customer service, it, they they set the new standard for me in particular. Uh, how you know how they treated their their customers.
2: That's so cool. No, and I, that makes me. Um, I hope because I know like this conversation is one of those kind of repeated topics that you get if you ever listen to any other podcasts or just kind of talk to people in general like this. The, the topic of friendly service comes up so often. I I hope people are, you know, taking note because I want more specialty shops around, not less. And um, that's one way it's going to happen. You know, like having great service means there's more delicious coffee everywhere that I go. and I don't have to go uh, searching and going way out of my way to find it. I can find it everywhere. That would be really uh, convenient for me. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs>
0: What What's the best thing about the coffee industry right now, in your opinion?
1: 100% education as far as always learning. There's always something new. I, I think you said earlier on about um, how baristas, how their education levels have come up and how roasters are at their infancy of uh, education. So I I think that one really nailed it with all these programs and all all this education all this science for coffee and for baristas and so right now the roasters guild is barely starting all the same programs that the baristas did so this is the second year for roasting competition so i participated last year uh... i'm participating this year but this is the second year that we've done in America, the roasting competition, and that's only going to really help the game out. Because you go watch a barista championship, uh, They're I handpick all these cherries. One person brought out a cow that they fed different grass to. They were like, her name's Betsy. Here's a picture of her. I remember that. And yeah. it's
2: like this milk and this cow was like massaged and read bedtime stories every night. Yeah, yeah. It Sounds like something yeah. Matt
1: Berger would do. yeah and so so that 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 level of education that actually came from those competitions my first year of the roasting competition was like well what did you do with coffee i'm like well, i threw it into the roaster and i roasted it a couple different ways and then i cupped it and then i heard someone else talking about so what they did and i thought that was interesting because this year i've Literally got the Columbia they gave me, I split it all apart based on screen sizes, I roasted some samples, I have figured out which coffee sample size I like the best, I'm going to roast that in particular, Uh, then I'm going to hand pick out all the ones that I know taste really good in the the coffee, and so I'm putting a lot more time into it, because I heard... You know, everyone else, a couple people threw it into the roasting machine and just kind of did the same thing I did and got good scores. And, you know, that that's another thing. You could have roasted it really well. But I heard someone deconstruct it. And once they deconstructed it, they roasted it. Then they reconstructed it after the fact. And it was just kind of like such a level of, I didn't know you can do that. And so we're we're barely learning and we're barely creating systems to educate ourselves the competition is gonna really gonna level up that we're gonna be able to talk about airflow speed and um, drum speed and so someone eventually someone's gonna keep coming out on top and we're gonna start really looking at what they're doing and then we'll be able to evaluate what they're doing if there's something good about what they're doing are they just get you know this year this past year uh... some of the winners didn't get to move on and so, to me, that kind of shows that we're not at the level of everybody is consistent with their competition of their roasting. And so, you know, once you start seeing like the world championship—I forget his name—that just won the the world roasting championship, but he's there every year and he's a top compend- uh, competitor. And so, that 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 guy, you can say all right, he knows what he's doing or he knows how to participate in this competition. And for the U.S. side, um, some of the people that made it last year and didn't make it this year, that shows that we're not on our consistency yet and we still don't know what exactly gets us to that level. And so hopefully um, with enough of this, once we start recording them and seeing what this is about, we'll be able to kind of like, all right, so this is more important than that, and so I think uh, I think the roasting competition. I hope it gets to the level of the barista competition, and I think that's what's going to push us. The young kids, again, the young educate being educated by the young kids is kind of where it's going to be at for me, because they're the ones that are going to come into this without having any uh, old school rules. You know, like you talk to the old school roasters, they're all like, ah, oh, just just feel it. Like well, that's not really educational, but you know, the people now are like use your use your software, and who knows what the kids in the future are going to be doing. So that's kind of where I hope to learn from them, and impart anything that's uh, beneficial for them, and grow with them.
2: So we only got we got a couple minutes. We're gonna wrap it up here. What's what's your go to recipe for let's say a pour over? You're making a pour over or an automatic, whatever it is. A siphon, what's maybe? A siphon. What's, what's your go to recipe right now?
1: Before I got into the siphon, I was actually uh, enjoying um, Matt Perger's uh, barista hustle recipe because I, I get the superlative coffee. And so you get like, uh, I forget how many grams. It's like 100, 100 grams, 150, something like that. And so instead of doing our regular recipe of 26 grams, I was using about 12 and a half grams to about 150 or 180 uh, grams of water. So I was making really small cups for the purpose of if I mess one up, I can try again multiple times instead of just being having four chances if I'm doing 26 grams. And so I just kind of do that and then I do kind of like eh, 200 degree water and then the, the times, I'm somewhere in the range from like two to three minutes on finishing and so if it's if it's two minutes and it's a little sour i kind of extend the time to like two fifteen, and so on but uh i really like that recipe on the barista hustle it's just kind of you know it, it it's a, a good base for trying coffee that you don't have a, lo- a lot of
2: so what is um What's the best way for people that listen to this, they want to get in contact with you and bug you on the social media or email or whatever? What's what's their best way to get in touch with you? Uh,
1: my email is going to be uh, steve at blackoakcoffee.com. Um, you know, you can find me on Facebook, Steve Cuevas as well. Just search that. I'm. I think I'm one of the two or three top people up there, so uh i'm holding i'm the one holding a bunch of awards from golden bean uh, and on instagram you, you can find me uh with dreadful vegan uh that's two l's so f u l l and then but disclaimer i am not vegan it, i know it's i know it's on there i know it's on there i, feel but, so uh, to I know i know <laughs> false advertising i know yes. but yeah, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll respond to any of that stuff. Uh, I, I personally love giving back. Uh, I know right now I've, I've talked to about like four or five people in the last two months about, hey, I need help with this, or I was wondering how would you would roast this. It's a little bit difficult when you talk about how you would roast, but I'm all about helping with education. Uh, to me, my education is a hodgepodge of a bunch of other people's education. And so I always, you know, like uh, everyone who's helped me, I help out anyone else because they did it for me when they didn't have to, and I'll do it for them uh, because I want to. And so feel free to contact me, you know, uh, come on down to the shop or, you know. I always get into very long conversations about stuff on the side when we're doing cupping, so it's always just kind of, you know, Forty minutes later, we're, we'll we'll be like, okay, I'm you know done talking about coffee.
0: <laughs> all right, Steve, thank you so much for talking to us. This has been really fun.
1: Um, learned a lot, and uh, yeah, it was a real pleasure. Nice, right, so, um, pleasure was all mine. I enjoyed being on here. Anytime anyone wants to, for whatever reason, hear any opinions I have, so <laughs> I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode
0: with the Specialty Coffee Talk podcast. Uh, Eric and I really enjoyed doing this one with Steve, and I really hope you enjoyed listening to it. We've got a lot of good interviews coming up with some pretty uh, great coffee professionals. Uh, So stay tuned, and we'll be back with another conversation soon. But until next time, my friends, grab a cup of coffee, take a sip, and smile. And we'll see you next time for another conversation.